Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything going on in the world of sports. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome to an all-new edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What's happening, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Ken M. Joining me in studio, as always, you know him. He's the co-host. His name is Padawan J. Hello, hello, hello. Folks, we have a lot to talk about in the land of sports, and we definitely want to interact with you, so make sure to swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join the conversation on our social media accounts. They're all right there. Check out the T Public Store. Always great things to pick up there. Parlay points. The blog section is blowing up right now. The classified section, the directory, you name it. If it's odph, it's at odphpodcast.com. And always remember, on social media, use the hashtag odphpod. That being said... It's a big week in the land of pro wrestling. Yeah, it is. Pad, what is going on this week? Uh, well, first of all, there's a absolute shitload of independent wrestling cards taking place. Yes, there this are. Weekend. Uh, for a breakdown on some of those, you can listen to this week's episode of 607TWS. Uh, but for the big brand, the main brand, I guess you could say, it is WrestleMania. Yes, the WWE's extravaganza of extravaganzas, if I can use that right. The granddaddy of them all, the biggest pro wrestling event on the planet is Uh taking place. It has now become such a pop culture moment in time Yes, that even if you're a casual fan or a diehard, you are going to be watching this. Whether you're AEW, GCW, or any other kind of Federation fan, you are locked and loaded to watch. Why? Because it's the brand. Everybody is going to be critiquing it because this is what Vince McMahon and company build for. For an entire year, and that is an event. And we got the details going on with that, Pad? Yeah, so uh, this is obviously taking place this coming Saturday and Sunday, April 2nd and April 3rd, uh, from AT&T Stadium, that is the home of the Dallas Cowboys in Arlington, Texas, expecting a ginormous fucking crowd. Uh, They're calling this the most stupendous two-night event in WrestleMania history. Interesting choice of words. I wouldn't have necessarily gone with stupendous, but hey, I'm not marketing in WWE. Uh, But we're going to break down the card and go through each of the matches and our thoughts and who we think is going to win each of the matches. Uh, I'm going to be going in order uh, from night one, night two. Now, this is the order as they are listed on the Wikipedia page. This might not be the order they take place in once the event actually goes on. Some matches may get pulled. Some matches may get added. If we forget any, hey, don't blame me. I'm just reading off the Wikipedia article as of recording. Yes, because one thing that happens during the week, and usually at WrestleMania... The card is pretty much set by Friday night, which is SmackDown. Yep. So we have to take that into consideration when we're breaking this card down. So a lot of things can be that hashtag card subject to change. Uh-huh. You might see some matches get added. You might see one get bumped to Friday night as yep. well because they're worried about time constraints. This is something the WWE has planned out, and I applaud them for finally going to two days. They're copying New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom. This is something that is very smart because when you start doing these five, six, seven, eight-hour shows at some uh-huh. point, your fan base is going to get tired. It's a lot of content to you know, absorb and, yep. and process. So this is smart to break it up. Plus, you're going to make money if you're a promoter, not one, but two nights. Yeah. And let alone it's 100,000 people watching your show 
live, not counting pay-per-view or Peacock Network, right? you're going to be making bank. And this will sell out because it sells out because it's that big of a cultural moment in time. Everybody talks WrestleMania. And so we got to follow the line. So, yeah. Pad, let's break this card down, uh, shall So, we? taking place on night one, uh, first match we're going to talk about is a singles match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. And you've got Becky Lynch taking on Bianca Belair. So, this match is a very interesting one since Becky Lynch has come back from maternity leave. She won the belt in very controversial fashion, if you will. Yeah. She was a fill-in replacement for Sasha Banks at SummerSlam of last year. And she defeated uh, Bianca Belair in about 20 seconds. It was something absurd like that. Obviously, the fan base was not happy about this, and rightfully so, but you have to kind of consider the factors going on at that time. Lynch is coming back after a long hiatus, and if it's a fill-in match, they got to have her come back, obviously one of the biggest stars in the business. Oh, yeah. She's not going to get defeated in some 15-minute contest. Right. It was unfortunate that it happened to Bianca Belair, but the revenge tour has worked. This has been a really good great storyline they have going on here very violent you're very violent but it's building a good story and that's what counts and for bianca belair to finally get back to wrestlemania in the title match to have one of the biggest moments of the weekend i mean yeah. i think it's a great story and yeah. this is one i'm definitely behind calling and new okay so definitely saying bianca belair is winning this one yeah no it's been a great build-up you know like you mentioned going back to the SummerSlam, you know shenanigans obviously bianca was supposed to face uh, someone else during that card. But Sasha. So you're supposed to be Sasha. Things happen. We don't know quite what they are. There's rumors. There's innuendos, but nothing's ever been confirmed. Right. Things happen, and that wasn't to be the case. And at the time, yes, it sucked. Yeah, it wasn't like the best look in the world, but given the circumstances, it made sense. And and I think in the long run, you know, at the time, it made absolutely no, no goddamn sense to a lot of people. But looking back on it, it made a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense now, and it's been a great build up. I mean, Chris, you look at what they did on Monday Night Raw last night, where you had Bianca and Becky kind of clash in the ring and start fighting each other, and then Bianca cut some of Becky's hair out. Yeah, that was wild. Whoa, you know. So it's been a great build up. I'm super excited for this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you. I think it's gonna be an and new. Just you know, Bianca's kind of been getting quote unquote screwed over. You know, she's been kind of glossed over and looked over for you know as she might feel, and I think it's gonna be her time to shine again. Yeah, definitely down for this, but I think it's gonna be a great match if they kick yeah. off the card with this. It, I I won't be upset. But I would have thought this would have been the main event of night one. Yeah. But I understand why it's not. I just don't agree with it. But right. we'll talk about that when we talk about that match particularly. Right. Uh, next up is a tag team matchup between Ray and Dominic Mysterio taking on The Miz and Logan Paul. Yes, that Logan Paul. Uh-huh. Which I have to give credit where credit is due. Rich from 3FN uh, showed me the video. And Logan has been taking this very seriously. He's been getting in wrestling shape for this. When motivated, he can do a lot of good things. Yes. For as much of a pain in the ass he and his brother can be, look up the, the lineage and the history of those two. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to get into that. We'll be here for nine fucking hours. Polarizing is the perfect word to describe the Paul brothers. Yes. you know. But when motivated, they can pull off some really good stuff. And, and I think this is going to be one of those moments where he's motivated he wants to put on a good show and and put on a good match what will it be i don't know you know is it gonna be a a bad bunny doing the canadian destroyer i don't know i'm not expecting a whole lot you know so i'm setting the bar kind of low for him but i'm I'm still hoping he pulls off some good stuff what i think we're gonna have here is he will look okay in the ring is he gonna be bad bunny great 
Jury is still out. Sure. I'm going to say no, but I'm not going to say that he is going to be completely awkward. This will be an embarrassment to the business. I think he will be fine because the one aspect he has going with him is he's not expected to do a Canadian destroyer. Right. He's not expected to do anything outside of the normal boxing repertoire that he has. I'm still expecting something, some kind of move out of him because, you know, he's currently 26. He'll turn 27 (laughs) the night before this match takes place. Mm -hmm. So he's still relatively young. No, I'm not expecting a Canadian destroyer, but like you're still young and vi vibrant and and springful enough that you can pull something off. Yeah, he'll do something, and especially he has a great dance partner in Ray Mysterio. I don't know how much he'll interact with Dominic because I think Maybe Dominic some. well, he'll have some, but I think Dominic will be more focused with working with the Miz since Dominic is still growing in his role as a pro wrestler. I I know he's been doing it for a while now, but let's face it, I don't know necessarily if he's main roster ready, in my opinion. I would have thought he'd be better suited for staying in NXT a little while. Sure. But I know that they understand the situation they're in with WrestleMania, and a lot of eyes are going to be on them, especially Logan Paul does bring in a demographic to watch him. Right. So that being said, I'm saying the Miz and Logan Paul are going to win, and I'm also going to say we're finally going to have the breakup of the Mysterios. Okay. So, Pad, your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to say Dominic and Rey Mysterio win, but there will still be the breakup because of, like, Rey, there'll be some sort of shenanigans where Ray almost costs him the match and just pisses Dominic off. Yeah, they'll, they definitely got to do something with that. I mean, yeah. not, nothing against them. I mean, the father-son duo has had great success. But, it, like, in all things in wrestling, there comes a time to do a break, and I think you got a good storyline to do it in. Yeah. Uh, next up is Drew McIntyre taking on Happy Corbin with Madcap Moss in his corner in a singles matchup. Let's go! Match of the night. I kid, I kid. Listen, this match, I hate using the word filler, but this whole filler. feud this whole feud has been something just to kind of see where Drew is right now. I mean, obviously he's had a little rough start with some injuries over yep. the past few months. So I think that they're just trying to ease him back into this. And say what you will about Happy Corbin. He's one of the better people to work with. Sure. He's definitely going to put on a good story with you. He's definitely, I want to say, one of the more safer people to, to kind of balance uh, yeah, out with. Yeah. He's earned, He's kind of taken that spot that Kane had on the roster. Yeah. Where everybody kind of works with him. And, and he's definitely somebody that can balance out with, with protecting Drew a little bit. I think this is going to be a short match. I yeah. think there's not going to be a lot to this. No. And obviously with what we saw with Drew taking the head off of Madcap Moss uh, a few weeks back, listen, I think we're going to see kind of a wash, rinse, repeat cycle happen here. It's going to be Drew all day. Yeah, no, it's going to be Drew all day. I would not be surprised at all if this approach is like 30 seconds and this whole fucking thing's over. Like if he just gets in the ring and, and, and Corbin's doing his shtick where he's like, oh, yeah, he's like hamming it up, and he just turns around and Claymore, one, two, three, like would not surprise me in the least. All I'm going to say is this. Corbin, I think, is going to have a dope entrance. With how his setup yeah. is and yeah. how they do the light fixtures and all that, yeah, I think he's going to have one of the better entrances, especially oh. especially since AT and T Stadium. In theory, it'll be closed. It's a the roof can open, but in theory, it'll be closed. At least it was last time. Yeah, so I'm going to go on a limb. I'll say he'll at least have a really cool entrance, yeah. like with the whole um, yeah slot machine thing. I think yeah. they could do something on the stage with it. So yeah. Uh, next up is a uh, tag team matchup for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships with the Usos in Jimmy and Jay Uso defending their belts against Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Or as I like to call him, the new version of Freddie Mercury. Yeah, that team is something else. I will say, when they originally paired Boogs and Nakamura together, 
I didn't get it. I was like, all right, this is not going to work. But damn it, it's won me over. Yeah. I mean, they're they're just so different that it's they, worth it for nothing else than Pat McAfee dancing on a table every week, right? And for them to face the Usos, I I think this kind of really shows about how the tag team division is in all of WWE. Uh huh. That this is a makeshift team, and they're getting the title shot at Mania. Sure. So, but they're also good workers. So I'm not mad about the match, but I'm just kind of like in comparison to, for example, Ring of Honor this week is going to have the Briscoes versus FTR. Right. That's been a story been waiting to happen. That's going to be a fantastic match. Sure. Not saying this isn't, but I'm just saying when you're talking about like moving the needle and getting the excitement going, this one for me is just kind of like, eh, well, at least everybody's on the card. I'm excited for this for one reason. As I alluded to, Rick Boogs, a.k.a. the new version of Freddie Mercury. If you haven't been watching WWE programming lately, understand, but... Rick Boogs, if you've seen the video, if you haven't, I'll give you a little explanation. They brought him up from NXT, I believe, you know, and he's mm-hmm. been he's been introducing Shinsuke. Yes. You know, where they used to do on pay-per-views, they used to have somebody come out and play like a violin. The electric like, violin, yes. The one year they had uh, Nita Strauss, you know, come out and play the guitar for him. Boogs has been doing that on the weekly to fucking hilarity and awesome. Like, like I said, Pat McAfee's been dancing on a table every week since he's done it. The last couple of weeks though, he's been doing the Freddie Mercury crowd control Oh, from, from like he did it at the uh, live aid concert. And the crowd goes, like Boogs has been doing that with the crowd. And I flipped it over to SmackDown one night and my girlfriend, Liz Bailey, avid queen fan. I'm like, Oh, and I knew he did this. And I was like, Oh, you're going to love this. And she saw him do it. And I go, Oh my God, I love it. Yeah. So I seeing Rick Boogs do that whole shtick and in AT and T Stadium in front of like a hundred thousand people or whatever it's going to end up being is going to be fucking awesome. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the matchup. Now, is it going to be the greatest tag team matchup of all time going up against you know the Dudley Boys, the Hardy Boys, and Christian and Edge at WrestleMania, whatever with the ladder match? No, but it's the Usos. I've yet to see the Usos put on a tag match with somebody that wasn't at least a good match. I get, yeah, I'll give you that. They're going to make them look great. They're going to make them look good. The Usos always have a good match no matter who they're in the ring against. You know, and I think it's going to be a fun match. It'll be good. I'm and I don't think the Usos are going to lose because as they pointed out on Raw last night because they have they didn't call it a super show, but you might as well have called it a super show because you had Michael Cole was there. Roman Reigns made an appearance. You had the Usos make an appearance. The Usos are the longest reigning SmackDown tag team champions right now at like 280-something days or something crazy like that. I believe it. I don't think they're going to drop the belts anytime soon. I don't know if they're going to go necessarily to approach the New Day uh, levels where it was like however many goddamn days they reigned. you know. But I think they'll still give them a little bit of a reign. Because I don't think their whole storyline with the bloodline is over yet. I don't think so either, but you know what? You bring up a good point, and I'll bring that up when we get to talking about the New Day. Sure. That now that you mention that, so I'm going to say it and, and still with this one. Okay. So I'll change. if I, I can't remember if I said it last night on 607 TWS or not. Uh, but I would say and still because I just I don't see how they're going to do this. But I think, you, like you touched upon, the entrance is yep. going to be priceless with oh, these yeah. guys. Oh, yeah, booze. It's going to be off the freaking Him and Nakamura, oh that entrance is going to be epic. Oh, it's going to be so good. Uh, and speaking of the New Day, they're the next match we're going to talk about where you have the New Day with King Woods and Kofi Kingston taking on the team of Sheamus and Ridge Holland. And also Butch, uh, formerly known as Pete Dunn, uh, will be in their corner in a tag team matchup. Butchamania is running wild. Ugh. You know what? I hate the name, but damn it, Pete Dunn at WrestleMania makes me happy. Boy, that first uh, photo render they had of him, he really was showing uh, how much he liked the name. Yeah, well, you know, the thing about it, which we, we've we alluded to on all the 607 podcast shows, when you get to the main roster, 
it's something about having the rights to the name that yeah. that the company likes to have. And this is with every single wrestler that goes there. We we very few times do they keep the same name that they had on the indies or sure. and for NXT I think they're they're bringing a lot of people up and changing that name if they've already been established on the indies because sure. what Vince and company do I mean this is something they've done since the dawn of time they own the rights to the character sure so the change in name while it's not great and like I say I'm not enthused by this sure. I understand it from the business point. Sure, and I mean this is the third name that at least I've known him by. He uh, he was born Peter Thomas England, you know, from England. He mm-hmm. was known by the ring name Pete Dunn, so now he's Butch. Very rarely do you get to keep if you come from the Indies, do you get to keep the name you had on the Indies unless you were that big of a name. Samoa Joe's one that comes yep. to mind. CM Punk, CM Punk, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles, Anderson and Gallows. You know, it very rarely is, but I, it sucks. But I get it. You know, and as for the matchup, listen, it's New Day. Uh, what I said about the Usos applies to New Day. I have yet to see New Day put on a, a tag team matchup with anybody that is not fucking insane. And if we know anything about New Day entrances at WrestleMania, also should be a hell of an entrance. Oh, they'll have a great entrance. And, you know, since you brought about the Usos approaching their time frame about being champion. Yep. I don't doubt the New Day wins this one. And then that's your match feud after Mania again, which, listen, I'm not going to be mad about because the WWE storylines for their tag teams right now are very, very awkward. So I'm okay if they want to run back New Day and Usos because that's a great fight forever feud in all of wrestling. So, listen, if that happens, I'm good with this. So I fully expect New Day to take this one. Yeah, that that one should be good. Uh, And then next up we have Seth freaking Rollins taking on an opponent to be announced because, as we know, Seth has been... Trying to shenanigan his way into the into the show, he he fought Kevin Owens a couple weeks ago. You know, for the winner gets to interview Stone Cold Steve Austin at uh at WrestleMania. You know, he lost that matchup, and then he had another matchup where he tried to take AJ Styles' matchup from Edge away from him. Lost that one. You know, threatened to destroy Raw and prevent Raw from happening if he didn't get his way. And, and he got a text from Vince and said, "Hey, want you in my office? 9 a.m. Monday." Dude showed up at 6.57 a.m. What the fuck? I'm all about being early, but that's way too goddamn early. That's my that's my timeline right there. You know, I'm all for, listen, I'm all for getting early to a meeting with your boss, but time and place. Yeah. Uh, showed up to the meeting and had a whole thing. He's like, listen, Vince told him, listen, if you want a match, all you had to come do was talk to me and I'd have given you a match. You didn't have to go through all this hoops and shenanigans. He's like, so I'll give you a match at WrestleMania. Great. Who am I facing? Oh, I'm not telling you who you're facing. You'll find out at WrestleMania when you're standing in the ring, and their music hits. And that's all he would say. So this is where I think all eyes in the wrestling community are going to be on. Adrenaline in my soul, something, something, Cody Rhodes. Yes, indeed. The long-rumored appearance of Cody Rhodes, I would have to say, has to be a lock here. Uh Uh-huh. If we're going to do locks and leaps. Uh Uh-huh. This is about as hard a lock as you can get. Yes, because obviously the drama that has been folding with Cody Rhodes leaving AEW, the company that he formed two and a half years ago, I believe, as an executive vice president. It's been a messy divorce as, well, quite frankly, in my opinion, a lot of their releases are now sounding. Yeah. Not returning phone calls, allegedly, and all that kind of jazz. So Cody is the next name on that list, but he's arguably the biggest one. And this one, this is going to be the moment, if you're on social media, especially Twitter, and definitely you can hit me up at OD Parlay Hour or hit up Pat at Meslin, 
Uh, we will be on there as well because you're going to see the good, the bad, and the ugly of the internet come out. If Cody is the lock, and let's face it, I think that's all but a done deal. It's been long rumored that he's signed. It's just a matter of when we're going to see him. As soon as he comes out, you're going to see a lot of mixed reactions. And I'm going to have a lot of popcorn for it. Oh, I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm going to enjoy this too. As a wrestling fan, I'm happy. Oh, yeah. You know, because I don't buy into any of the I'm with AEW, I'm with WWE, I'm with pro wrestling. I watch a lot of indie stuff. I watch both shows, more so AEW than WWE, just because I haven't been in love with the product lately. Sure. But I will always watch a Seth Rollins match. Oh, hell yeah. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen here. He's going to come out in full Rhodeslander gear. I, You know what? If he even did like a little... um. Like I was trying to think, like with Raymond or um, no, it's not Rey Mysterio. Who was the one wrestler? The, oh, Sin Cara. They used to do the springboard. And oh, fly into yeah, the, yeah. How like, did he jump so high? Yeah, like if you see him come shooting out of the bottom yeah, of the stage, yeah. just like he's flying in, like he's Roselander. Yeah. I think that that would be a dope thing because he's gonna have the longest pyro of anybody there this and, weekend. And you know, Vin, listen, and this is a, this is like I know, like what Rich said on six or seventeen WS that like this is like when AEW went to announce CM Punk that like. They weren't trying to hide it. They're giving you enough clues that like it's gonna be it's gonna be him. Vince is gonna drag this shit out. That like it's gonna be a long like Seth's gonna get out there. He might cut a promo about he's ready. It doesn't matter who it is. And then he's gonna say, "All right, come on out. I'm ready for you." And then he's gonna wait. And he's gonna, no, I'm not saying it's gonna be like five ten minutes or something. No, he's gonna it, wait ten seconds. No, it's gonna be call, it's gonna be like maybe thirty seconds to a minute. It's gonna, but it's gonna feel long. And then the lights are gonna go out. And they're, I think they're going to do it in that slow way they did when they went to introduce Rock as the host of WrestleMania, where it's like, boom, 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 boom. Pause. Maybe some, maybe some fog machine with some lights going on and some generic music, and then you, and then you hit Downstate Kingdom. That's the way they should do it. And like I guarantee you, the the internet is going to break. It's going to be one of those moments. I'm excited to see this match Adrenaline though. In my soul. Something, something, Cody Rhodes. And I'm going to say this. The Rhodeslander is going to have a fantastic match. Who has bigger pyro in the two nights? Cody or Brock? Cody. Okay. No, Cody. <laughs> I, 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 Cody at WrestleMania is going to be like a 10-minute pyro. Cody with Vince McMahon, a couple billion dollars worth of pyro. Like, listen, he got a lot of pyro in AEW. I don't watch AEW regularly, but I saw the fucking pyro. That was with Tony Khan money. That was with AEW money. Vince money is a lot. Vince money is something else. Yeah, he's got Vince money pyro. Holy shit! Yeah, this is gonna be an entrance that you. You're gonna you, see that shit from space. Exactly. I and you know what they're gonna do it just out of spite. Say what you will, they're gonna do the the entrance will be out of spite. And then when we finally get the match, like listen, this is all Cody. This is gonna be a great match. This oh, could, it's gonna be amazing. This could go about. I would say to be honest with you, I see this going about like 15, 20 minutes. Oh, easily, easily. And I, this isn't gonna hurt Seth Rollins to lose either, because if if it's Cody. Cody's not losing on his debut. No. Sorry, it's not happening. I will say, though, for Locks and Leap's purposes, the Leap will be Grayson Waller. Oh, God. Just because the heel heat would be stupendous. Jesus Christ, 100,000 people booing the shit out of this guy. Because as we know, WrestleMania is a very... Now, if this were to happen at, like, Great Balls of Fire or some shit in, like, Idaho, no disrespect to anybody in Idaho, it would not be the same effect as being at WrestleMania... You know, because as we know, WrestleMania is a very international and a very indie heavy crowd. Yes. Indie crowd tend to, tends to watch or at least pay attention to NXT. They will know who Grayson Waller is 
Oh my God, that man would have nuclear heat we haven't seen since Roman beat Undertaker. I'm here for it, though. I'm here. Like I say, just pull the sword and then have Cody come out. And, and, I, and out. I know somebody on Twitter, I forget who it was this morning, so I apologize, but I saw somebody on Twitter bring up that point of like, what if Grayson Waller comes out first? Like, like it, Yeah, it, we were talking about that with Rich. Ultimately, ultimately it is CM, or, or uh, not CM Punk, Christ. Ultimately, if it is Cody Rhodes, but like Grayson Waller comes out first and it's just like, I'm not fucking facing you. Yeah. Oh, that would be epic. And I think you're going to see something like that happen, to be honest with you. But all signs point to the Rhodes Lander, so I think we're in agreement. Rhodes Lander is going to get the win. Oh, absolutely. There's like, listen, Seth's going to be okay to do the job for this this match. Yeah, absolutely. And then the last match we're going to talk about uh, is for the uh, SmackDown Women's uh, Championship, where Charlotte Flair is defending her belt against Ronda Rousey. So this is where we kind of alluded to with the Becky Lynch-Bianca Belair match that they should flip-flop the main events here. Sure. I'm sorry. I understand why they're doing this because Ronda Rousey is a bigger name from outside of WWE. So a lot of people are going to be tuning in to see her uh, wrestle again. Sure. And her and Charlotte will put on a good match. I mean, Charlotte is one of the best in the ring, you know, that you can be paired up with if you're Ronda, who's just face it is coming back to wrestling. Yeah. So we'll kind of see how much she's evolved in the ring here for the main event, because I know obviously with the triple threat they did a few years ago, a lot of people were having kind of mixed opinions. Right. I fully think for the main event they would close. But I would, like I said, the storyline is better with Becky Lynch and Bianca that I think that that should have main evented. Right. And it's not out now. I know some people are going to be sitting, sitting there at home saying, but Ken, Ronda won the Women's Royal Rumble where, where the, the stipulation is you get to headline WrestleMania. Time out, folks. Uh, we have to remember back in what year? WrestleMania 35, which was what year? 2019. Seth Rollins. Technically won that year's Royal Rumble where the stipulation was to main event WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Didn't main event WrestleMania. He he was fairly early in the card from what I remember. He, he, he was the first match on the main yep. card, if I remember right. So there is precedent there for one of the two uh, people to not main event. So, hey, could, it could happen. It could happen, but I understand she'll, she'll main event. I mean, she's a bigger star if you want to compare globally – Outside of wrestling to wrestling. like sure. I, And I get it. I understand from the business aspect. I'm just saying for me being a wrestling purist, I would much rather see the better storyline main event. Yeah. And for Ronda, like, she'll put on a show. I think this will be a, a better showing than she did the last time she was at Mania. Sure. So I am going to say it's going to be end new. Okay. So that's kind of the way I'm leaving at that. Uh, and the last thing we're going to mention, it's not mentioned on the Wikipedia page, but it's been rumored enough to be taking place at the end of night one. And I've seen it some places and I tend to believe it. We do have the Kevin Owens uh, KO show where he will be interviewing uh, one stone cold Steve Austin. And rumor has it, it's going to be closing out night one. See, I could see that happening, though, because Austin is a bigger star than Rousey. Uh-huh. Sorry, I mean, like, let's face it's it. It's also fucking Texas. It is. It's a home state, home court advantage, everything, and especially how the feud's been set up where Kevin Owens has been randomly attacking Texas for reasons. <laughs> you know, uh, but it's been to get over and, like, listen, for anybody that's going to be mad about the talk show segments, trust me, as soon as that glass shatters and that crowd is going to explode. Uh-huh. They're not going to have a long, quote-unquote, match. No. This will be short. No. Stunner. Everybody goes home, happy, Austin's in the ring, Pyro goes off. Can you imagine if Undertaker's music hits and he just comes in and gives him a choke slam just because he insulted Texas? Oh, I could see something like that happening. Because I know Taker was at some NASCAR event over the weekend and he got asked about Kevin Owens uh, insulting the state of Texas because, as uh, most of you might know, Undertaker uh, from Texas, diehard Texan, 
would not surprise me if that happens, though. No, I could definitely see something happen, but you know, I think for time purposes, he won't come out to the his normal theme. It'll be no, like, it'll, it'll be just dead be, man. it'll be the gong. No, it'll be, it'll be dead man walking. Ooh, he'll come out to like old school biker taker, just just for that purpose. Like, yeah, you know, just to do that if he even wants to. But yeah. that's gonna be a great way to end night one. Night yeah. one looks pretty stacked to me. Oh, I mean, yeah. the match though, like I said, the one I want to see the most is Rollins versus Cody. That one, that's probably the one I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, the other one being the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, just because I think that's gonna be a really good match. That'll be good, and especially yeah. we, got, we got to remember too with a lot of these. WWE wants that big entertainment moment. Yeah. Boogs is entertaining. Rick. Trust me. Boogs. And what I'm, I'm putting the karma out in the world right now, the Forbidden Door is really open. I need him versus Kyle O'Reilly in an air guitar match. Oh, yo. I will not accept anything less. But that was night one. Yeah, so then we got night two, which is taking place April 3rd. Uh, same place, same time. Uh, first match we're going to talk, and again, I'm just going on how they're listed on the Wikipedia page. Card subject to change. Cards and card and uh, match order subject to change. Although, let's face it, this last one I'm going to talk about, that one's going last. Yeah. Uh, first match I'm going to talk about though is a fatal four-way tag team match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship, where you've got the champions in Queen Zelina and Carmella taking on Sasha Banks and Naomi, also taking on Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, and also. Natalia and Shayna Baszler. I'm perfectly all right with this. I'm excited about this match, actually. Yeah. And I will say this. I am still thinking it's going to be Sasha and Naomi to win. Okay. We're going to have a new champions. I'm sorry. They're, they're going to yes. switch the belts. That, yes. That's that's about as safe of a lock as you can pick. But I'm not doubting in a leap. You're going to have Ripley and Morgan win. I See, I was thinking that, too. Like, that's the one thing about them is they've gelled together very, very well. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm, I'm happily surprised at it because when I first they first got paired together, I was like, oh, well, we got nothing going on for either person. So right. here we go. Right. But they're making it work. So I'm okay with this, but I'm going to stick to my guns and going to say it's Sasha and Naomi for the win. Right. Um, I'm going to say Rhea and Liv Morgan just because, like you said, they've been gelling together so well. That, listen, Natalia's a great wrestler. Shayna Baszler is a great wrestler as well. That, to me, feels very thrown together at the last minute. I don't I don't see them winning. Mm-hmm. Queen Zelina and Carmella, they're good, but just the infighting, and even though they're like, oh, ha-ha, gotcha, you know, I feel like they're going to lose. And then Sasha Banks and Naomi, they're good, but I think that might be just, a, you know, a good matchup for whoever wins this belt down the road, and I think it's going to be uh, Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. Could be. I mean, I think this is going to be a sleeper match on the card, to be honest with you. Could be. Really do. Could be. Uh, next up is a Anything Goes match between Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn. And if you don't think this has been the greatest setup and the greatest build to a match in WrestleMania history, I don't know what to tell you. No, this has been an excellent story build. Holy shit. I'm not saying this should main event by any means, but you know what? The Later on the card this appears, listen, it's, it's earned this. Uh-huh. The build that has been going on here with Jackass star Johnny Knoxville. Entering the WWE universe, yep, and going at Sami Zayn has been nothing short of fantastic. Yep, well, we got all remember on the first pay per view of the year, day one, Knoxville announced he would be now participating in the Men's Royal Rumble for reasons. Because reasons, I mean, at the time, I think it was right around the time the new Jackass movie was coming out. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's probably why that makes that makes some. And the one thing too is, uh, memory serves me right. I mean, Shane McMahon, I know, was really big into Jackass way back in the sure, day, and I sure. think that when the first time they came through as a unit. They really left a good impression on WWE. So I'm not super surprised about this. I know some of I was getting hit up online about this a little bit. This makes sense for uh-huh. Johnny Knoxville to come back. Like I said, I'm not super I was let me rephrase it. I wasn't super excited about this when I first heard this. Right. But after the build, I'm here for it. 
Yeah, no, it's it's been great. I mean, they had the run in at the Royal Rumble match where Knoxville eliminated Sami Zayn. Then you uh, had the red carpet premiere for the Jackass Forever movie where Sami Zayn claimed to be invited to it. I tend to think he crashed it. Uh, he got thrown out of that. You know, you know. then uh, Knoxville cost Sami Zayn the Intercontinental Championship. You know, uh, Sami Zayn tried to get back at Knoxville only for Knoxville to turn around and, and hire a plane, much like you would see at the beach, towing a little message behind it. And post and put out his legit phone number, not a burner phone that he bought for the purposes no. purposes of the gimmick. No, this is his real fucking phone. It is still blowing up to this very day. So Johnny Knoxville in jackass fashion put out Sami Zayn's phone number and people listen, I'll admit I shot him a text message. I tried to get a reply, <laughs> did not get a reply, but that's okay. You know, but uh, Sami Zayn did post a photo of his phone with like eleven thousand missed calls and like twenty eight thousand text messages. Yeah, it's a, it's a wild. thing. Oh my god, that. it's been so good. Yeah, so this one, listen, I'm gonna say we're gonna have some wacky hijinks go on here. Wouldn't be surprised if a couple of the jackass guys make a run. If we, yo, if we get a wee man running, please. You're gonna see him, Steve-O. You're gonna see everybody. Yes. You're gonna see everybody get involved in this match one way or another. And listen, Johnny Knoxville is winning this one. There's no way he's not. No, there. Yeah, he's going to. Yeah. So this will be a fun match. It'll probably be the most fun match of the card. Oh or, yeah. All the, all the weekend. Uh, next matchup we're gonna talk about is next on the Wikipedia page. I don't think it'll be next in the match order when the night actually comes. I think it's going to jump around someplace else because I can't see them doing these matches back-to-back. Uh, it is a singles matchup between Pat McAfee and Austin Theory. Yes, that Pat McAfee. Yes. I Like I said, I don't think this will take place right after the Sami Zayn-Johnny Knoxville match. I think it'll be someplace else, but it's still going to be a great match. This is going to be a fun one. I, you know, who would have thought a few years ago... We'd be saying, I'm excited to see Pat McAfee in a ring. I mean, I would because I love the Pat McAfee show. Right, but I'm saying from the time like when he first was getting involved in NXT until we saw him. Oh, sure. We were we were all skeptical. Yeah, we were that's all, what I'm going with. We were with. all skeptical, and you can go back and listen to the show. Like We're not sure what we're going to really get out of him. And then he did the fucking crossbody off the top of the goddamn cage at War Games. Yeah. Holy shit. War Games. This is one moment that, listen, he's earned everybody's respect. He is part of the WWE universe. The wrestling community is absolutely in love with him. And rightfully so. He's doing everything right. Oh, he, yeah. He is arguably one of the best announcers in the game right now. I saw an article uh, the other day that was claiming he's the best color commentator that WWE has had in decades. And you know what? Not wrong. No, definitely not wrong. I will I will, I will, back that statement up a thousand percent. Because I think so. ult- ultimately, there is at least a little portion of whenever they bring on a new commentator that gets old. Mm-hmm. It gets a little tired. It gets a little boring. I have yet to get tired of him. And maybe it's just because I like watching the Pat McAfee show and I'm used to his style and, and, you know, Don, smack Don, you know, that whole vocal mannerism he does. I fucking love every minute of it. Well, the thing about him is he's such a fan. And I think we forget at times when you deal with announcers that it's okay for somebody to be a fan at times. Sure. That he's really walked that fine line and now he's interjecting himself into a storyline that makes sense. That obviously Austin Theory has been trying to kiss the ass of Vince McMahon for months now. Yeah. And yeah. this has all been coming to a head. So the build for this match has been really good. And I think that the fans are going to be happy with what they see. Like, is this going to be a five star match? Probably no. not. But I'm not down Pat McAfee gets that win, too. I'm thinking the same thing. And, and the thing I like with McAfee and his announcing is it's genuine. Yes. Because he said on multiple occasions, when it comes to the big reveals, like Cena at Money in the Bank or whatever the hell it was, 
you know, coming Cena coming back, Brock coming back, any of these big moments, he's not told anything. And that's smart. And he said, those are my genuine reactions because I they, they said, do you want to know what happens? I told him no. He goes, I don't want to know what's going on. Just, I want to have that genuine reaction, and I love it. You know, because as I've said before, don't get me wrong, Michael Cole's a great announcer, and, he, you know, he's not a bad announcer if you go down the list. But I hate his reactions to some stuff, and I think the only genuine reaction he had that I can think of was when Ronda showed up at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. It's, a- any other time, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, okay, we know you know this was coming. When it's too telegraphed, it takes away from the show. Uh-huh. That's the one problem. But like, well, like McAfee, when Cena came back, what? Where? Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, he genuinely doesn't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, and the one thing, too, about McAfee is he's not trying to get himself over. No. He's just being a fan like everybody else, and that's what makes him win. I, I'm just very curious to see because you remember at NXT when he showed up uh, to face down the Undisputed Era, he was rolling with, like, three or four former NFL players, including A.J. Hawk and Darius Butler and a bunch of other guys. How many NFL guys is he rolling into with this match? Boy, I don't know. Yo. That that would be a really interesting story if they want to do that. Uh-huh. Who knows? It's going to be a fun match, though. And like oh, I yeah. said, I think we're both taking McAfee on this one. Oh, yeah. Uh, next up is a triple threat tag team match for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship. And you've got the champions in RK, bro, in Randy Orton and Riddle, taking on the Street Profits in Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford, also taking on the Alpha Academy, that being Chad Gable and Otis. As long as this match leads to RKO breaking up, I'm here for it. I'm sorry. I am not a fan of Riddle and Orton together. It just it's never worked for me. So that being said, I'm gonna I'm gonna hope for N new. I don't care who wins, but I'll say Alpha Academy because I do like what they're doing, Chad Gable finally. The thing we do have to know is that Randy Orton, I believe, could be wrong, hashtag ODPH if I'm wrong. I believe with this matchup taking place, Randy Orton is the first person in WWE history to enter WrestleMania as a WWE champion, a uh, United States champion, a Intercontinental champion, and a tag team champion. I believe you're right, actually. He's the first person ever to enter WrestleMania as all of them. That's wild. That's a wild stat. Bonkers. Uh, but no, yeah, listen, I, I don't mind RK, bro. Like, some of the humor was all right at first. It's kind of worn on me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like, this thing is... It's, it's worn on me a little bit. They're good. Like, I like them. I like when they could do the tandem offense. You know, they did a little bit of it on Raw last night. I saw some clips. You know, but I, I think it's time to give somebody else the belts, and I like what they've been doing with Street Profits lately. That Like, listen, the Street Profits have almost been taking a little bit of, of a page out of Roman Reigns' book, which it's like, show up, kick ass, and leave. Mm. You know, so I... You know what? I like this new heel Street Profits are going with. Let's see where we can go with this. Let's see how much fun we can have with this. I'd be okay with that, too. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I love the Street Profits, too. I'm just thinking anybody but <laughs> anybody but Orton. Anybody but you, Randy. Yeah. Uh, next up is a matchup that quite possibly could be the greatest match we see all week and all weekend. Uh, this is a singles matchup between Edge and AJ Styles. Whew. Ooh, baby. Yeah, I mean, this one I have circled on the calendar as well, too. This is going to be a classic. Is it going to be the greatest match of the weekend? I mean, it's it's in contention. It I will could, say it could be. I will say that right now. These are two of the best of the best. You know, Edge. I mean, if this is the farewell tour, he's going to want to go out on a big way. You can't ask for a better dance partner than no. AJ Styles, no. the, arguably the best in the world. They're going to put on a classic. Give them enough time. This actually might be the greatest wrestling match of all time. It could be. I mean, could be. It it could be. It's it's going to be absolutely 
insane. This is a, this is a match that go to the bathroom beforehand because you're not going to want to miss a minute of this. Mm-hmm. If you get if you got food, the food's in a separate room. Get your food beforehand. You're not going to want to miss this because this is going to be an absolute five star, nine stars, even though it's not in the Tokyo Dome. Right. You know, it's going to be an insane match because Edge, great wrestler. AJ Styles, fantastic fucking wrestler. Might be the greatest of this current generation. Who's to say? You know, but I'm expecting some amazing work. That, yeah. Like, just by like this is this would surprise me if this match takes place, and then you get the Knoxville Zane or McAfee Austin Theory match afterwards. That like it's a bit of a come down. It'll be a bit of a come down match after this, but like not enough to like completely drain the crowd and and then build up for whatever's after this. Yeah, I agree with you completely. But no, uh, who do you think's got winning this? I'm gonna say AJ. <sighs> Boy, I don't know. I'll be honest. I'm gonna say Edge, but. I would be perfectly fine with AJ too. Like, yeah, I'm good with either one winning. Yeah, like we all win as fans. This like, is very true. So, all right, just for record's sake, I'll say Edge. Okay. Uh, and then next up is a match that was announced only last night, rumored for a couple of weeks, but officially announced last night. Bobby Lashley is back in record fashion after his injury. Absolutely insane. Uh, and he is taking on almost in a singles matchup at WrestleMania. This is an interesting match. I'm here for it. Like, Bobby but, Lashley, the fact he's back. Uh-huh. After having that shoulder injury, and he rehabbed the hell out of that. Oh, yeah. Like, this dude must have gone in, like, a hyperbolic time chamber like Dragon Ball Z. What the shit? Yeah, I don't know how he's back in time, but I'm happy for it. I love what Lashley's been doing. Must have gone to the John Cena School of uh, Healing. Something. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Like, the fact that he's back, I'm astounded at. He's back, and he looks legit because if I saw the clip of him coming back and and staring down almost, and him attacking almost on Raw last night, and and I could be wrong, but it looked like he was shoulder-tackling almost with the shoulder he had injured as if to put say to anybody who might be down him hey i'm good i agree and I, I think you're absolutely right about that so for almost two this is a big big opportunity for the big man that he is getting poised to start really having a breakout year am i saying that he's there yet no but you can't ask for much better than to be facing a, a former champion at mania uh-huh i'm gonna say almost is gonna win yeah uh, and I could see this being a shorter match if if Lashley is good, but he's not back to 100%. These mad, this match is going to hurt. I, I, listen, two big guys, two strong guys, but I agree with you. I don't think it's going to go long. I think it might be seven, eight minutes, give or take. Yeah. you know. But I, I ultimately think at the end of the day it's going to be almost getting one because, listen, Lashley's good, but he doesn't need to rub at WrestleMania. No, he you know, definitely you got almost new new and upcoming star needs to really establish him. You know, as a singles competitor, what better way to then to give him a rub at beating Bobby Lashley, a former WWE champion, at WrestleMania? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to say almost wins this one. Same here. Uh, and then the last match on the card is the one we're all here for. It is probably the most anticipated match on uh, the entire uh, two nights. This is WWE champion Brock Lesnar taking on Universal champion with Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns in a winner-takes-all match to unify the WWE Championship and Universal Championship. Not that we haven't seen this before, but you know these two are going to absolutely do some wild, crazy, insane things during this match. Uh huh. You don't have a bigger stake on the line than a unified championship, and this is what you're getting out of these guys. And I think they are unifying the championships because I read yesterday or maybe over the weekend that there are supposedly images floating around on the internet of a new design of the belts with like a blue streak, blue streak going through the belts. And then also on raw, I noted last night because they had Brock open the show and then Roman came out at nine o'clock. I can't remember if it was Brock or Roman, but one of them specifically said, 
you know, well, Brock talked about the belts getting married and having a baby and it was awkward and no. Yeah. But one of them mentioned the WWE unified world championship or something. Like the way he worded it was interesting. I'm like, oh, is that going to be the new name of the belt? When it's all said and done, because they had, to my knowledge, they hadn't said the whatever, however they phrased it, and go back on YouTube. I'm sure you can find the clip, but like they hadn't said that phrasing to that point where I'm like, oh, is that going to be the new? So I think they are, because there was rumors for a while that like, oh, they're going to quote unquote unify it, but you're still going to have the two belts and whatever. I know, I think they're actually legit unifying them. Yeah, if they are the same pictures I saw when I was watching that hashtag show wrestling show. Okay. Uh, they had a picture up on there uh, quickly. Like uh, either Pingle or Neeson had it up and they showed it quick. The belt looks awesome. Like uh, I forget where. I think it came from Reddit. It's like somebody sent it to him and they showed it. Yeah. If it's that belt, it looks good. It really does look good. So I'd be okay with that. But I, it's a very interesting time for WWE to make this call too. To have a unified champion in between all your shows, it's a lot to ask. I mean, we've been down this road before, mixed results. So now that we're going back down here, you have to look at it one of two ways. If it's going to be Brock, is he going to want to do all those days again between both shows? Nope. And then if it's Roman, I could definitely see him doing that. Oh, I, I do too, and I, and I think... Having him on Raw last night because he made the Raw his first appearance on Raw, and I believe they said six months or so. They they specifically because he came out at nine o'clock to cut a promo on uh, Brock. Which hey, if you haven't seen the promo, fucking amazing promo from Roman. Uh, not that most of his promos these days are fucking fire, but this one extra fire. Um, but this was his first appearance on Raw in like six months or so or something like that. Yeah, and I think that was to plant the early seed that. We might start seeing him on Raw some more when he if when or if he wins this match on uh, Sunday. Well, it all it comes down to that is when you have that belt, you're going to be doing both shows. So is he open to do more days? I mean, he seems a lot happier. Yeah, than he's been in recent times. So it's not to say he wouldn't, but you also have to think about it. Okay, if he doesn't win, Roman retains. Sure. Who's next? Not Goldberg. No, fuck no. But you have to think about for having such a dominant champion. And as we've talked about, it's almost near 600 days he's been oh, champion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you have to think who is going to be the guy to beat him. Could it be, you know, Seth Rollins maybe? I mean, they had uh, the match. It's, they, it's, just did, they just did that. They did, but it ended kind of in a no contest. Obviously, the disqualification. So they could run it back. Could AJ maybe? Could it be AJ Styles? Because because Ro- Roman, if you look down the list of people Roman's beat during this title run, he's beat damn near goddamn everybody. Right. You know, Ro- um, AJ comes back because I don't think he's faced AJ during this current run. See, I think he faced him early, but could, I could, could be wrong. Could be. I could be wrong about this. But AJ is another person. If he beats Edge, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I don't. I I don't think it's going to be Cody Rhodes. I think that's going to be for SummerSlam. I think they'll drag it out to SummerSlam with Cody. Because I, like, I, uh, I know somebody brought up the idea, maybe it was Rich or something, uh, of Cody winning Money in the Bank. Yeah, that could happen. I, I think Cody's going to win Money in the Bank, and then he'll cash in on Roman for SummerSlam. Yeah, that could definitely happen. I mean, it's just something that we've all talked about among 6 or 7 podcasts and the rest of the you know the ODPH society. This is a situation that, for the WWE, this is going to be very telling of what they want to do. Because with a unified champion, if Brock's all in... That's great. You can do a storyline where Roman's trying to get the belt back. You can set that up by SummerSlam time where Cody will be ready to face him. Or, if not, 
the idea, I think you're hitting it right on the head with AJ Styles, would be the next guy to face Roman. Like, Brock takes some time off, even though he shouldn't. But, I mean, depending on his contract setup. Like I said, if anybody's not familiar with, he has, like, a very unique schedule. And I, and I don't think it's the same as what it used to be because he's been working a lot more days than he used to. Right. So it, it's not to say that, I mean, I don't want to say Brock would be back full-time, but... If he took a little break and then came back, say around Money in the Bank times, he's, he's got a moose population to go call up in Saskatchewan. Yeah, so there's reasons he's taking time off. So he's got to go. Say. He's got to go suplex some beaver dams or some shit. It could happen. So I guess with that being said, I'm gonna say Lesnar wins. Okay. I, I'm not sure how. I'm not sure why, but I'm just gonna go with Lesnar. I'm gonna say Roman just because I don't think Brock's gonna be the person to beat Roman. You know, I I think they're gonna because Brock beating Roman isn't that surprising. Yeah, he's done it before. I think whoever does eventually beat Roman, because let's face it, Roman's not gonna keep going and going and going until he retires and drops the belt. Someone's going to beat him, and they are going to get the largest rocket strapped to their backside you haven't seen since the days of Hulk Hogan in the eighties. I think whoever that is going to be isn't Brock. I think it's somebody else that like you still got a couple more people that Roman's going to run through before you eventually get to that point of where that whoever it is finally beats Roman and um, dethrones him and gets the rocket strapped to their back. It's going to be an interesting show. I guess final thoughts on the card, Pat. Super excited for this show. I'm, I'm glad it's not one night anymore just because I looked up some of the numbers. We were approaching like over 300 minutes for some of these more recent manias. Yeah. That my first one, WrestleMania 30, didn't feel that long to me. But then I remember the very next year in uh, San Francisco, it fe- or, yeah, San Francisco yeah. felt a little long. The one in Dallas was fucking seven hours long. Yeah. Like pre-show started at five, main card didn't get over until twelve thirty, if not one o'clock in the morning, and it only got longer and longer. I'm glad it's two nights. It's easily digestible. It doesn't feel as long. I'm not burned out as hell by the end of it and wanting to just turn it off and get it over with. But I'm very excited for this, and I cannot wait to watch. This is the best time of pro wrestling in the year, without question. The WrestleMania warrants all the indie shows coming around them and doing everything. So whether you're pro-WWE, anti-WWE, this is the week to watch wrestling, period. Because you look at all the shows going on at the GCW Collective. You're looking at Ring of Honor. New Japan is having a big show. There are many, many other indies going on as well. All eyes in the wrestling world are, though, centered around this big event. WrestleMania warrants it. It's earned that right. It is the granddaddy of them all. This is why the WWE really shuts down things for a good stretch of time. If you want to break it down, Friday night is the Hall of Fame inductions. Yep. You have also a SmackDown going on that's going to have the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Yep. It's possible. It has not been announced yet. You might have... An intercontinental title match going on there. You might yep. have a U.S. title. I hope so. Well, I know Finn Balor's in the Battle Royal, so it's kind of like questionable what he would do. But you were going to have some kind of extra stuff going on Friday night. Saturday is all-day wrestling. Sunday is all-day wrestling. And then Monday night is the most infamous Monday night Raw of the year. It's the Raw after Mania. This is where in years past you've had a lot of call-ups. You've had a lot of surprise returns. Oh, yeah. Things happen on this Mania because or this show because it all falls out from mania. Mm-hmm. So if you are into pro wrestling, this is the time to watch. And like I, I can't stress enough too, if you're not super big on the WWE, it's not your thing anymore. There is plenty of great pro wrestling this weekend to go check out. I can't stress that enough. 
But for the granddaddy of them all, you know we're watching. We'll be watching both nights, live tweeting the holy hell out of it. No streaming involved because we want to enjoy the show. But that being said, hit us up on that hashtag. Hashtag ODPHpod. WrestleMania 38 is going down. 38 years, Pat. Do you believe this? Crazy. 38 years of the granddaddy of them all. What's your takes? Who you got? We want to hear them. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Do you think you should go to jail if you throw a cookie at your girlfriend? Do you think it's cheating if an athlete fails a doping test, but the twist is only her boyfriend is juicing? Do you think 200 shots is too many to try to stop a robbery? What would you do if your parents burned $30,000 worth of your porn? Have you ever asked yourself this question? What the hell is wrong with Florida? Or we're the Rum Runners Podcast. We read the clickbait so you don't have to. We click those questionable links that pop up in your feed and let you know you want a new iPhone. Every week, we break down the weirdest and funniest of those articles. Find us on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, and just about anywhere you find podcasts. Video versions can be found on YouTube. Just search Rum Runners. That's R-U-M-R-U-N-N-A-S. We're also available on Twitter at RumPod and Instagram and Facebook at Rum Runners. With new episodes dropping every Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. Coming back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast, and it's time to talk some basketball. Now you know when you hear that sound, that means we're talking about the NCAA tournament to crown the Final Four champion, as we've been covering for the past few weeks. And we finally have the four major players in the finals ready to rock and roll April 2nd and 4th. But, Pat, let's talk about how we got here, shall we? Uh, yes, we're going to look at the games that took place on thir- this past Thursday, March 24th. Uh, you had number four Arkansas taking on number one Gonzaga and shocking the world, although not me because, hey, let's face it, we called this, we warned y'all. Uh, Arkansas defeated Gonzaga 74-68, to knocking out the overall number one seed. Hey, I said it. I'll say it again. Gonzaga's good. They can just never punch that final glass ceiling. Not to say we called it, but we did call it. Because, I mean, honestly, I, I don't root against Gonzaga, but damn. It doesn't matter who they got on that team. They just can't get the job done. No. They can They can, always the bride. I think you said always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Yeah. That, like, they can get there and they can have a run, but eventually that clock hits midnight. Yeah, and they just came up short. I mean, Arkansas hit on all points. They were playing phenomenal. Yeah. But, man. Gonzaga yet again. Uh-huh. Like we talk about the hangover that followed Atlanta after you know the Patriots. I'm not saying this is on that level. Love that hangover. But my God, man, I, I feel so bad for that program because it's a good program. By the way, uh happy belated three twenty eight day. Yes. Yes indeed. We gotta make sure we talk about that as well. But Yet again, Gonzaga taking an early exit out of the tourney. Yep, and they weren't the only number one seed to take an exit. Uh, you had number five Houston taking on number one Arizona, where you had number five Arizona upset, uh, or excuse me, number five Houston upset Arizona by the final score of seventy-two to sixty. Houston scrappy. Yeah, that's the one thing I thought that they might make some noise. Arizona though should have won this game. They really should have, but they they took them too lightly, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think Houston just went out there, nothing to lose, playing with house money, and that's how you jumped out on them. They're a scrappy team, folks. They're scrappy. They definitely did what they needed to do there. But, you know, that's kind of where the luck ran out. Uh, then you had number 11, Michigan, taking on number two, Villanova, and Villanova won by the final score of 63-55. to 55. <sighs> What can we say about those beloved Villanova Wildcats? <laughs> What can we say about them? Gillespie was shooting the lights out of the building again. This team, I will say right now, is probably the one I'd be the most fearful of in in the tourney left. Yeah. And I will know when we talk about their next game, too, 
they struggled, but they at least found a way to win. But when this team gets firing, they are a scary team to stop. And like I said, Colin Gillespie is the guy that is doing the work right now. Uh He's looked phenomenal in this tourney. And like I say, this was a big win for them against Michigan because we were all kind of waiting to see, okay, what was going to happen with Michigan. And Michigan, okay, they were close around them, but Villanova just pulled away. So, like I say, right now, Villanova is one of the scariest teams still left in this tourney. Seemingly every year. Uh, and then there was another game that night, but, I mean, who the fuck cares? You bite your tongue. I'm kidding. Uh, it was number three Texas Tech taking on number two Duke, uh, where you had Duke win by the final score of 78-73. to 73. The farewell tour of Coach K continues on one more week. Oh, give the man his flowers. This team finally, I, and it, it struggles for me to watch them at times because they're so talented, and yet during the regular season they kind of struggled. This is right in that Hollywood ending for him right now. I mean, Paulo Blanchero is playing lights out during this stretch run. Wendell Moore is stepping his game up too. They are clicking on all cylinders right now. Uh-huh. So this is the big point with them. And for them to really be playing this well in this tourney at this stage, like that's the one takeaway we have to say. Duke has all the talent in the world to play with anybody. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of could this young team get it together and do what they needed to do. Like that was the biggest issue with this team going in because let's face it they have struggled at times against teams that quite frankly they should not have struggled with and yet duke has sitting here and they really now got clicking on all cylinders texas tech did give them a run sure and this was not exactly like sure. a 20 point blowout okay god no but this is where that team really made a point to step up and like i say vanchero is playing lights out right now he's carrying this team on his back and the supporting players are helping him out too so now duke Obviously, has got to be a favorite going in to the final four. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll get to who they're playing in just a minute because we got to go through the Friday. True, games. true, true. I get a little too amped up talking to you. Know this uh, Friday games. Uh, we'll start with number one Kansas taking on number four Providence, and you had Kansas emerge victorious by the final score of sixty six to sixty one. Well, are we really shocked by this, Pat? Nah. I mean, I'm not. Kansas is Kansas. Yeah. So I mean, Bill Rock Self. Chalk. Yeah, I mean, Bill Self has done what Bill Self does. I mean, he built a contender down there. And like I say... It's like Tom Izzo in Michigan, like, might not be the sexiest team on paper, but they're going to be fucking consistent. They're going to be consistent, and that's the one thing. Bill Self has just created this program down there. I mean, Kansas is Kansas. Like, you knew when this bracket was put together. I I thought if anybody was going to have an easy route, per se, for a number one seed, it was going to be them. Because, I'm sorry, like, was anybody else in this bracket scaring you looking at them? No, not really. I mean, even look who they're facing now going into the game. Uh Uh-huh. Because you got Miami, who defeated Iowa State. Right. Which, I'm sorry, like either of those teams I thought would be a nice Cinderella story per se. Sure. But Kansas is Kansas. Oh, yeah. So I I can't really sit there and say, like, I was super surprised at this outcome. I think if anything was a safe money bet per se, it was Kansas was going to take this bracket once we got this. Kansas is like the Alabama of college uh, basketball. That, like, not necessarily to the same degree because – Kansas doesn't win every goddamn fucking year like Alabama does. Right. But they're still very consistent every goddamn year. Exactly. I mean, that's the one thing that you have to really consider with this team is, like, they played really steady ball. And, like like I say, it's a compliment to self and what he's done with this program. Yeah. He's really made this into 
a dominant force. And it's just one thing that when you have consistent coaching that can lift your team up when you get to this tournament. If you have a good coach that can will a team together and play consistently, you're going to make some runs. I mean, this is why we oh, talk yeah. about this is why we talk about Coach K. This is why we talk about uh, the Tom Izzo's. This is why we talk. Even though I'm not a big fan of him, Calipari too. Sure, sure. This is one of those things that when you have a coach that can really step up the game and really make this happen, this is where it's going to carry. And like I say, it's nothing against anybody from Iowa State or, or Miami. I mean, they're they're fine programs too. In yeah. fact, Iowa State is a true Cinderella. Oh yeah. But at the end of the day, not Kansas. Nope. And like I say, what Self has done down there, I mean, kudos to him. Like I say, this is just probably an easy of a slam dunk as you can think of. You would think. Uh, one of the other games we got to mention was number eight North Carolina beating number four UCLA by the final score of seventy three to sixty six. All right, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. The minute Duke got in, you knew Carolina was taking this one. Yeah, you knew you. The yeah. writing has been on the wall. Like the movie the is Vegas getting, fix is in the the movie could not get written any better. I'm sorry. The dreaded rival of Coach K is still haunting as an eighth seed after defeating Baylor. And then taking it to UCLA and just just dominating that game. Took him out back to the woodshed. Seriously. And then with the Cinderella story that they decided to crush the dreams of. Well, yeah. I mean, St. Peter's did continue their Cinderella run, 15 seed. Uh, beat number three, Purdue, 67-64, becoming the first 15 seed in NCAA tournament history to make it to the Elite Eight. Yes. But listen, Cinderella's time ran out, and there's... I hate ripping on like a team like St. Peter's. Sure. But they're no North Carolina. And you can definitely tell the play skill. I mean, that first half, they were down by 20, what, 24, I think it was. Something like that, yeah. Within the first half. So there's obviously a big differential in programs. The photo got posted. I think it was Bleacher Report posted it on Saturday or Sunday. Mm -hmm. I think it was Sunday of the gymnasium that UNC plays in. Yeah. And then the gymnasium that St. Peter's plays in. And I'm not going to lie. No disrespect to St. Peter's. The gymnasium looks like the one I had in high school. That like just and obviously UNC it's a whole different ball game. It's a whole different ball game. But like still, like the just difference in program. But take nothing away from St. Peter's. They made a run. And you yeah. know what? This is why we watched the tournament. This is you're why you're gonna see a movie or like some made for TV movie about it someday. Yeah, like this team really surprised everybody and, and captured the nation's attention for a good couple weeks. But Carolina did what Carolina does. I'm, I mean, sorry, like I don't like rooting for you know I'm, I, I don't root for them, but I understand how they're good. They're a good program, and now you have set up in the ultimate heavyweight battle in the Final Four bracket, Duke and UNC to close out Saturday night, eight forty nine p.m. Pad, who you got? Well, yeah, because well, we got to mention first, you did have the Elite May 8 matchups take place. You had Houston take on Villanova. Villanova won some Villanova. Oh, in. that's true. I got to talk about that one, yeah. Villanova's in the, I know you're Duke, 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 Duke. It's all yes. about Duke for you. That's why I don't talk college basketball on the show that often. But Saturday, you did have number five Houston take on number two Villanova. And Villanova, unsurprisingly, won 50-44. to 44, So they're one of the teams in the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Arkansas took on Duke. Duke won handedly by the final score of 78-69. to So, Duke, you are in the final four. Yes. Uh, and then on Sunday, you had number 10 Miami take on number one Kansas, which, again, no surprise, Kansas took care of business. 76-50 to uh, was the final score. And then uh, you had number 15 St. Peter's take on number eight North Carolina. And as you alluded to, no surprise there, UNC 69-69. To four, 69 to 49 was the final score. So obviously that gets us to the uh, final four. You, uh, you mentioned that we've got uh, Duke taking on uh, North Carolina. 
I listen. Duh, I don't know who I'm gonna take for this one, just because I. Don't, I promise I'll be calm if you say North Carolina. I don't. I'm no. I'm being honest. I don't have a proverbial horse in the race, you know. So it's it's honestly hard for me to pick. Uh, the, that game taking place Saturday, April second, eight forty nine Eastern uh, on TBS. I'm gonna say in the ultimate spoiler, spoilers North Carolina. I'll remain calm. But you're wrong. You're so wrong. The Hollywood story will not be denied. Coach K will wield this team. He will get revenge on the last home game he coached at Cameron Indoor when they lost to Carolina in an egregious fashion, and he will lead them to victory by three points. I'm going to tell you right now. Oddly specific. Yes. I will give you the point spreads right now. And do not – I'm telling you, you do not go to the uh, uh, local establishments and, and put it down on this. I'm just giving you my feelings on this. I feel that Duke is going to win this one in a very, very close game. Okay, I was looking at their schedule because I thought they played them three times. Now they only played them the twice, uh, one and one. Right, but this is the moment that for Coach K, this is the validation. Like, if you're going to get here, you have to face your big rival. If the Hollywood story is to be written, this is written here. Oh, even looking at the point spread. Uh, Duke four and a half. Yeah. So I'm saying he's going to be right around that ballpark. Over-under is 151. Yeah. I'd take the under, maybe. I take the under, and I take yeah. I, I take the under. Like I said, I yeah. think it's gonna be three. So that's my unofficial ODPH guess about that one. Coach Duffy, he's talking to you. Oh, I know. Coach is sitting there writing it down right now. We can definitely send it home. We gotta get like him on TikTok doing this as well, too. God. That's gonna be the goal for the next year. But I think though this has got to be Duke. Like I say, just too much. They're playing too well at this stage. Carolina is going to scrap with them. This is not gonna be a blowout. And that's the big stretch I want to take. It's gonna be a three point game. It's gonna be close. Like, four and a half, honestly, I think is too much, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think it's going to be close. It could be a two-point game, too. Also, we have to know the first time ever that these two are meeting this far into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it's wild. Wild to think that has never happened. Yeah, like I say, there's just too much weird stuff going on with this team. Yeah. That I'm saying it's going to be Duke. And I'm not saying this just as a homer. Sure. I'm saying this is, like, legitimately, I think the movie's getting written. Uh, and then also the other game we got to mention is number two Villanova taking on number one Kansas, uh, taking place at 6.09 p.m. Eastern on TBS. Well, I'm going to be honest about this. This one, I feel Villanova is going to take Kansas. Okay. I think it's going to be a close game for that first half, maybe a two-point difference. But I think ultimately Villanova by five to win the game. I think Gillespie is going to be shooting the lights out of the building. I think this team is definitely going to be working the three-pointers. I think where they started off slow in their last game, mm-hmm. they will definitely not be doing uh, slow against Kansas. Kansas is going to scrap with them. They're going to win the underneath battles. But if Villanova gets hot on the outside, and that's their only chance to win, in my opinion, sure, it's going to be Villanova all day. And I'd say it's going to be a five-point win for them because that's how I feel it's going to shake up. And then who you got on that one? I got to stick with Kansas because in my bracket, it's the only goddamn thing about this Final Four I got right. So I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with my guns, Kansas. Yeah, you're being honest, man. I can appreciate that. Uh, literally everything else about the Final Four, I got wrong. I, I have in one bracket, I have Duke and Villanova. So you know what? I'm feeling pretty good about that one. No, that's not bad. No, it's not bad. And then obviously, for the final game, I mean, I have Duke and Villanova going there. I think it's going to go to overtime. Okay. And Duke wins by four. Mm, okay. So in my scenario, I've got Kansas and UNC, and I'm going to stick again because I picked them to win the whole tournament. I got it at this point because otherwise my bracket is shit. Uh, Kansas. It could go either way. Like I say, any of the teams that are in here, I can definitely see 
imposing a will on the other three. Yeah. Like whoever whoever matches up with who. I think Villanova has great outside shooting. I think Kansas has got great underneath work. Carolina is going to be just scrappy. They're pretty solid all overall. And like I say, Duke is Duke. The formula has not changed in all the years of Coach K's coaching. So this could be an interesting matchup, though. So, like I said, Sunday night or Saturday night, if you're not watching wrestling, you're going to be watching this game. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. There's nothing else you're going to be watching if you're a sports fan. Nothing. But that's what we're here for. Yeah, we also got to mention, shout out to, uh, and I personally got to shout this one out, shout out to Walker Kessler. He is a center slash power forward for the Auburn Tigers. Signed a sponsorship deal with Dunkaroos. Ooh. Love fucking Dunkaroos. If you are a 90s kid, you know what Dunkaroos are. Uh, Tweeted out, uh, vibe check, who remembers this go-to 90s snack? The classic snack is in the dunk business now, and guess who gets to help them pave the way? You guessed it, me. So honored to say I am officially on the all-dunkeroos team. Listen, man, dunkeroos were the fucking shit. Uh, if you aren't familiar with what they were, they were little cookies that came in a package. Think like the uh, pretzels with ch- pretzel sticks with cheese. They're like you peel them off, you can dip the pretzel sticks in the cheese and eat them. But in this case, it's little cookies with frosting. You dunk them in there, you eat them, and then you had frosting left over that you could eat out of the little thing. They were so fucking good. Can't go wrong with that. Absolutely not. But, hey, maybe the champion will be celebrating that with some Dunkaroos on Monday night. It's a great idea. I think we got to make that happen. The Final Four is winding down this weekend, so by the next time we're recording the sports edition, we're going to be talking about the championship game. But until then, hit us up on the hashtag, hashtag ODPHPod. Who you got in the Final Four and who you got winning the chip when it's all said and done? We want to know. We're taking a quick break. We'll be right back. Hello, everyone. My name is Nick. I'm the host of Nikolai's Kitchen, and I'm also the host of the annual live stream for The Cure. Livestream for the Cure is a charity event where we raise money with content creators and podcast partners from around the world for the Cancer Research Institute, a wonderful nonprofit researching cancer immunotherapy, training the body's immune system to fight all forms of cancer. This is a mission and a future that I truly believe in. And myself and my team worked tirelessly over the past five years to raise over $50,000 for this cause. This year, we're aiming for our biggest single goal to date of $20,000, and we cannot do it without your help. Please join us for the event May 19th through the 21st, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern, for 45 hours of content from people all over the world. Together, we can bring hope for a future immune to cancer. The more eyes we reach, the more dollars we raise. Please help us in making this goal a reality. Together, we can make a difference. Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. Pad, what you got? Got to talk a little local minute, obviously. Uh, looking at the Binghamton Black Bears and how they did this past weekend, uh, they won their game on Friday against the Carolina Thunderbirds by the final score of 5-2. to two. Uh, They came back the next night and played Carolina again and lost this time by the final score of 8-3. to three. Uh, But then they bounced back in the rubber matchup and beat Carolina by the final score of 5-4. to four. Uh, That one in overtime. I got to mention this coming weekend, uh, things are looking real good if you are in the 607 area because they have a host of games taking place at Division's Veteran Memorial Arena. Uh, This Friday, April 1st, at 7 o'clock Eastern, they are taking on the Columbus River Dragons. Uh, That, again, is at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern. They come right back again on Saturday to play Columbus again. Same bad time, same place uh, at Division's Veteran Memorial Arena at 7 o'clock. And then again on Saturday, they have the rubber matchup of the three-game series uh, against, you guessed it, the Columbus River Dragons at Division's Veteran Memorial Arena. Uh, This game, although, as we should note, because it is Sunday, Mm -hmm. 3 p.m. Eastern. Oh, okay. uh, 
more information and all that good stuff, BinghamtonBlackBears.com. Do also have to mention Local Minute because we are quickly approaching Binghamton Rumble Pony season starts very soon. Season starts April 8th. They're on the road for a three-game series against Hartford before they come home for their first home stand of the year where they play one, two, three, four, five, six games against Bowie. Uh, but there is a special deal they got going on that the Binghamton Rumble Ponies announced on Facebook today. Oh, break it down. Uh, so they announced on Facebook uh, earlier today as we record, quote, we're teaming up with our friends at the Binghamton Black Bears for a downtown doubleheader. Don't miss your chance to cheer on your local sports teams for only $20. Wow. Includes tickets to both games. Ticket packages are on sale now. So this is taking place April 16th, downtown doubleheader, where you've got the Binghamton Rumble Ponies playing at 1.05 p.m. Eastern, and then you've got the Binghamton Black Bears taking on... Uh, taking place at 6 p.m. Eastern in, in uh, Divisions Veterans Memorial Arena. So if you go to the Binghamton Rumble Ponies Facebook page, there's a link right there. takes you to the site where you can get a ticket to both games for the great price of only $20. That's a deal. Uh-huh. That's a legit deal. So shout out to them, man. That's, that sounds That's like a, a fun idea. idea. Definitely have to look into that. Great idea. Uh, and then for my base, uh, i got to mention uh, a little bit of baseball. Not anything news or contracts or anything like that because we're in the throes of spring training. I hate spring training because I get notifications from the MLB app for Yankees games. And because they change their fucking pitchers every goddamn five minutes, my watch has been going off nonstop for two weeks and it's, mm. and it's annoying. But no, we got to talk a little Friday night baseball. Why are you going Friday night baseball? Yeah, I was going to say, wait a second. What the up. hell are you talking about? Because Fox does Saturday, mm. ESPN does Sunday. Who the hell's got Friday night baseball? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, that would be Apple TV and oh, Major League Baseball. Okay. Uh, so this was announced by the folks over at Apple, and this is updated today because we got our first set of matchups. Uh, so this was announced a couple of months ago, about a month or so ago, uh, that Apple TV and Major League Baseball are working together uh, to do Friday night baseball. And this is uh, available for free on Apple TV+. Plus. Now, Apple TV+, Plus is technically a subscription service, but in this instance, you don't need to have a subscription to Apple TV Plus to watch the games. You just need to have the app downloaded onto you, and it's available on any Apple devices, uh, you know, iPhones, iPads, Macs. You know, if you got a smart TV, you should be, or a Roku TV, you should be able to download it that way. Or if you don't, you can go to tv.apple.com to watch the game. Uh, they announced the first set of games. They haven't announced who the broadcasters or anything like that. They're going to have pregame, postgame coverage. Haven't announced anything of who's involved with it, so that's you know to be announced. Uh, they will be. This will be available in the United States, Canada, Australia, Brazil, Japan, Mexico, Puerto Rico, South Korea, and the United Kingdom. Hmm. Uh, and they've announced the first set of games uh, that will be available uh, starting on Friday, April eighth. They'll have a doubleheader, seven o'clock Eastern. You'll have the New York Mets taking on the Washington Nationals, and then the, at nine thirty p.m. you'll have the Houston Asterisks taking on the Los Angeles Angels. Friday, April 15th, you got the Tampa Bay Rays taking on the Chicago White Sox, and then you've got the Cincinnati Reds taking on the L.A. Dodgers. So it's some pretty good matchups, I'd say. You know, a lot of uh, kind of regional matchups. you got Texas taking on Oakland another week, St. Louis taking on Cincinnati, you got the Yankees and Royals. So there should be some good matchups. I'm intrigued to check this out. I'm definitely intrigued to check this out. Yeah. I mean, can't go wrong with this. No. So... For mine, I let's talk a little UFC. Sure. So this past weekend was a UFC fight night going on at Columbus, Ohio. Okay. So definitely an exciting night of action. And the big takeaways is Kia Kara France put on another great performance. So definitely he is going to be somebody you want to keep a little eye out for. In fact, there was some noise, and I'm trying to get confirmation on this, that 
he wants a piece of Figueredo. Hey, oh. So I know Figueredo and Moreno are supposed to be fighting this summer again, the, the, right, you know, the right, fight right. forever. But Kara France is making some noise, and if I'm not per- doubting it, I think Develson said, uh, I'm willing to push Moreno back and let's do this fight. This is one that's very interesting. In fact, there was a cool, funny moment that was going on that uh, Kara France met Joe Burrow. Oh. That Joe Burrow had no idea who he was. Wow. So, well, you got to remember, he's he's, uh, he's not from uh, the U.S. Oh, uh, right. So, I, I, I can't remember exactly where he's from. I want to say Australia. Okay. So, either way, he um, did not know who he was, but it was kind of a funny moment to see at the show. So. I mean, I have heard of that before. Who was it? Was it? Oh, it was Ichiro Suzuki. Had no idea who the hell uh, I think it was Tom Brady was. Yeah. Like Ichiro Suzuki, I, th- I think the story goes, I'll have to look it up. Ichiro Suzuki ended up meeting Tom Brady, and everyone was freaking the fuck out that like he met Tom Brady, and he's like, yeah, who's this Tom Brady guy? Yeah. Kira France is from New Zealand. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so he would not know who he was. And the other big takeaway was Curtis Blades had in a very impressive knockout on Chris Dukakis. So this one definitely sent a little shockwave through the heavyweight division. I mean, nothing super crazy like oh, wow, we're talking an instant number one contender. But the buzz about this one is there was one Stipe Miocic in the crowd. Hey. And Blades said after the post-fight, I respect you, but I think I'm going to have to kick your ass, to paraphrase. So if this is going to go down, I think this is a great fight for both guys. I'm interested to see what's going to happen here. I mean... If not, I don't exactly know what we're going to do for, a, like, a title contender for, uh, you know, whatever was going on with the top of the division. Sure, like I'm, sure. Like, I'm sorry. Like, right now, everything is, like, very in flux with that. So, either way, a couple notable fights going on there. So, the UFC was making some noise. I know there was some talk about Nate Diaz uh, asking for his release, too. Uh-huh. But uh, looked up. I got to jump in. I looked up the story. Uh, it took place in spring training of 2017 when Ichiro was working with the Mariners in like the spring training front office a- uh, aspect. Uh, Brady texted Ichiro wanting to meet with him to study his stretching system and said he had been he had gotten his number from Alex Rodriguez because remember Ichiro was with the Yankees for like two seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suzuki, the article from USA Today, quote, Suzuki, while in the coach's room that spring, not only did not recognize the phone number to the text, he also didn't recognize Brady's name. What's that? What's the guy's name? Asked one of the coaches. Some guy named Tom Brady. Who the fuck is Tom Brady? Yeah. So, yeah. No, I get it. I can believe it with Kara France, but he's definitely putting on a lot of performance, and especially for that division that desperately needs some stars. Yeah. It's a big win. So, UFC had some great action going on that fight night. I know next week we'll be talking about the big pay-per-view card going down April 9th. There's a lot of uh, action on there. Yeah. I don't believe we're streaming that one, but that one might be in that contention of Maybe. 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 We'll talk about that later. But we have to close out talking some football. Yeah, because, hey, it didn't go as fucking batshit as it has the last two weeks. No, it hasn't. Thank God. I know. I thought it was coming. But there was some stories that we we do have to talk about. Peek behind the curtain. The last two weeks when we talk NFL, I, you know, have had... Upwards of 30 tabs on my internet browser open just to summarize everything that had been happening in the week prior. I'm so glad I didn't have to do that this time. Fucking hell. (laughs) Uh, But, no, we did have a couple moves, one of which pisses the hell out of you and me god fucking damn it uh, oh this doesn't piss me off and i'll explain why uh the kansas city chiefs traded tyree kill to the miami dolphins for five draft picks and they gave him a four-year 
$120 million deal. Uh, so this from Adam Schefter at ESPN. Uh, the article reads, quote, The Kansas City Chiefs traded six-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins for five draft picks, that being a 2022 first-round pick, a second-round pick, and a fourth-round pick, plus a fourth and sixth round pick in next year's draft on Wednesday. The trade is pending a physical. The Dolphins said, obviously, it's gone through. Uh, and then they gave him a four-year $120 million deal. Christ! See, this is why this doesn't piss me off, and I'll, I'll break this down. Because I was I was with you initially, because I'm going, oh, man, that's a big move for Miami. But then we have to really break down teams. Sure. Okay. I'm not saying Tyreek Hill is a product of a system. Sure. But let's face it. There is a very big difference between Patrick Mahomes yeah. and Tua. Yeah, there's a big, bit of a drop-off. There is a big drop-off. There is a slight drop-off between Galeski and Travis Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> yes. To put it mildly. Yeah. There's a, there's a drop-off about the size of the Mariana Trench, but yeah. Right. So the argument I say is, a lot of those plays that Mahomes got to Hill were kind of on the fly and due to Mahomes' arm strength. Fair? Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think two is going to be able to bomb it downfield to Hill as well as Mahomes? Well, not even bomb it, but be as accurate as Mahomes is. Exactly. Like, Tyreek is fast. That's not even up for debate. Look at the look at the footage. But Mahomes is very strong-armed and very accurate. Tua don't think so no the, the jury is out especially for a guy that let's face it was not exactly getting the ringing endorsement of no. the team no i mean prior to cleveland going cleveland <laughs> deshaun watson's name was rumored for that job at the beginning and mid of last season yeah there was even talk this season yeah so are you going to tell me that you're going to bring in a guy who had had so much success with Patrick Mahomes, who love him or hate him, is a freak of nature. And now you're going to Tua. You're expecting to duplicate that with a less talented team. Sorry, I'm taking Miami bias out of this. Paper to paper, Kansas City is a better team than Miami. Am I right or am I wrong? No, you're right. And now you have Tua trying to throw the ball to Hill. And let alone he's still got uh, Waddle there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And did you see Tyreek Hill's quote uh, when he got signed? No. It, to paraphrase, he needs to have a talk with Waddle because he needs to establish that he is faster because the cheetah is the king of the jungle. To paraphrase. Oh, Jesus Christ. So you're already having this going into your team. The minute I saw this, whether he was, I'm sure he was kidding, but I still think there was a little something to it. There, there's a little substance behind that. So now you're firing up the number one era parent for Miami. Right. And now you're going to be expecting the ball from Tua all the time. Right. Where you had that double team factor taken away by Travis Kelsey. I mean, are you going to say that Waddle or Gillespie is going to be warranting that? I mean, like, let's be honest. Yeah. So, like I say, this move did not scare me as bad. Like, I was with you at first I'm because I think the only other perfect place would have been the Jets. Right. If he went to the Jets, and that's where I would, if I was him, I would have gone because I would have made my money in endorsements. Right. Miami, you could be partying a lot. Like, listen, I understand the appeal of going there, but, like, let's face it. If you think you're going to get past either the Bills or the Patriots, sorry. Right. It's not happening. I know Miami has made some decent moves, but let us not forget the last season. How many of those wins were paper wins? Mm-hmm. Eight? 
Uh, something like that, yeah. So you're going to try telling me that they're going to be jumping on him again? I, I don't think so. It's still... <laughs> the East still goes through the North. True. Whether it's Buffalo or New England. This is true. Just putting that out there. And I don't like Miami's chances in either of those uh, towns in fucking January. Oh, I don't either. Especially with the Bills signing that new deal for the billion-dollar stadium. 30-year hey. lease. Ain't going anywhere. Because... Toronto, uh, Toronto weeps. I don't know. Toronto weeps. Austin weeps. So does Cleveland. Because I said if the Bills were moving, I was jumping ship to Cleveland. If I was going to hate football, I was going to really hate football. Yeah, I should have come to New England. Oh, I, I can't do that. That's, that's, that is too much of, like, joining the dark side. I need to go to a different division and be miserable if I'm going to leave the Bills. It's always the Jaguars. Okay, I don't hate myself that much. <laughs> you also don't want to depend on Tony Khan for happiness? Oh, Christ, no. I already have to try doing that with Ring of Honor this week. We'll see how that goes. But what else we got for football? Uh, a couple more deals that got announced. Uh, the Saints agreed to a one-year deal with Andy Dalton. Uh, Goat. Yeah, listen, you can't say anything bad about this. Bad about this <laughs> he's moment. a saint in my eyes. Yeah, he is. Literally uh, now. Yeah, he's literally saying because he's signing with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the deal is worth up to $6 million with $3 million guaranteed. Presumably, he's going to back up Jameis Winston because, hey, you're not going to pay a man $28 million to be the backup. No, you're not. And $28 million is the deal they gave Jameis Winston. No, he can, he's going to be a backup. Listen, at this stage of the career, he can do that. But like I said, he does no wrong in my eyes because he, yeah. was, he, he did a lot of good for the Bills. Right. So I, I can't be mad at Dalton. Get your money, man. Uh, and then also going to mention because, uh, hey, it's my knowing Patriots, uh, they agreed to a, a one-year deal with Jabril Peppers, uh, who was with the New York Football Giants. Uh, this past year, he was 26 years old, uh, spent three seasons with them. Uh, final two were uh, as a captain under Joe Judge, who was with the Patriots again. Uh, Peppers, I believe, if I read correctly, was on a, some sort of injury and missed most of the last year. Mm-hmm. But, but hey, he's a safety. We can always use some help on the defense. Uh, can't ever complain about that. No, Coach Duffy is crying somewhere. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, I, I can fully imagine that. Uh, and then lastly, we do have to mention there was a change to the overtime rules in the playoffs. Uh, so this is from an article on ESPN.com, which reads, quote, NFL owners approved a modified proposal for overtime Tuesday that will guarantee each team possession a possession, but only in the postseason. The rule for regular season games, which allows the team with the first possession to win if it scores a touchdown, will remain unchanged. A majority of NFL decision makers arrived at the Breakers Hotel this week, willing to adjust overtime in some fashion, largely in reaction to public outcry after the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Buffalo Bills in overtime during the divisional playoff round with an opening possession touchdown. The Indianapolis Colts and Philadelphia Eagles uh, proposed a mandatory possession for both teams in all games, regular season, and in the playoffs. But competition committee chairman Rich McKay said there was not enough support among owners to pass the rule unless it was amended to postseason only. Ultimately, it passed by a vote of 29-3. to If the score remains tied in the postseason after each team has a possession, the game will be decided in traditional sudden death. Uh, that's a close quote. So there we go. We, y'all, y'all finally got what you fucking wanted. And to anyone who was bitching, moaning, and groaning, now you got what you want. Shut the fuck up. If you you ain't got nothing to bitch about now in the playoffs, if you lose, I might be a little old school. I listen. I understand the frustration and I understand the disappointment with it. But hey, get a fucking stop on third down, and you wouldn't have had that issue. You know my stance on this. I am not for this. I was the one lone Bills fan on social media saying, we don't need to change the rules. Mm-hmm. Was I or was I not? You were. 
I am making this very clear. I hate the fact that we did this because of that game. Because I know what everybody's going to say. Well, if the Bills got the ball back, they would have done it. Listen, the Bills, if they realized squib kick, double team the real playmakers, guess what? They probably win the Super Bowl this year. That's on them. I understand the public outcry, but listen, if you have the number one ranked defense in all the freaking league and you blow that stop at that end of the game in 13 seconds, that's on you. Oh, yeah. So why are we now saying, well, you know, I feel bad. Here you go for the fix. Listen, I'm saying this as a Bills fan. I hate the fact that we're switching the rules about this. This It's called overtime. It's sudden death. Lose and you can lose in an instant. It's like I've said with UFC fights. It's like I've said with boxing fights. You don't like what the judge's scorecard reads? Don't let it get to the fucking judge's scorecard. Knock your opponent's ass out, and then you ain't got to worry about what the judge says. Facts. Don't Look. don't like the Kansas City Chiefs beating your ass. Beat the Kansas City Chiefs by three scores. Hell, use the Bill Belichick method. Beat their ass by five scores. Yeah, like that, that's the thing. The Bills. I mean, if they didn't screw around that first half, like the fact that Patrick Mahomes had what eighty yards, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I can't even remember because I tried blocking that out. The fact that Frazier's defense the Bills, calls the, the were Bills defense atrocious. Bills defense went on a fucking vacation that drive. Yeah, so I'm saying that entire first half it, that's on them. That's not on anybody else. So like the fact that we're switching up the rules about this. I, I don't like it. I understand it because you know what's going to happen, and this probably will happen. The Bills are going to wind up being in a situation where they should have won if it was the old rules. Right. And then everybody's going to lose their freaking minds because somebody beat them because of this new rule change. And, oh, oh, we got to go back. We got to go back. No. It wasn't broke. We didn't need to fix it. Mm-hmm. But here we are. So guess what? Any other team now, like, listen, you got your way. Don't complain about anything. It's done. Yep. Enough freaking said. But that all being said, I guess I got to end the show on a good way. Uh, we're going to end with some Brian Wolf. You know Brian Wolf. He's a good guy. I hear he's playing some gigs down in Austin. Yeah. Uh, word has he's got some new music coming out, too. Pat, if I want to find out about Brian, where do I go? ODPHpodcast.com. Right on. Swing it over to the music section. Check out everything about Brian. Shout out to the robots. Second Suitor. Tom Jolo. Yard Party. Uh, Floodlands. Man, there's a lot of those bands, too, that have got some new music coming out. Just putting that out there. So uh, we're going to have to definitely talk to it, especially Mr. Tom Jolu. I know he's a subscriber to the podcast. I hear he has a new song dropping Friday. Mm. We're going to see about getting that in studio for next week. I got to talk to Tom about that. I'm sure he will because he's a fantastic dude. But that's all at the music section, so go support them. Go support them on Bandcamp. Uh, I'm not sure how many are still on Spotify. I read today that uh, Second Suitor did pull their stuff from Spotify. Okay. Um, Tyler was trying to explain it a little bit. So, um, listen, like I said, best way to get a hold of those bands is go there. But while you're at the website, go check out Parlay Points. New blogs dropping. Got a brand new blogs count anywhere. It's a companion piece to this podcast and 607 TWS. So if you can't get enough wrestling content, boom, we got it there. And I start deep diving, especially if you're an AEW fan. I like to deep dive in there a little bit and give you my thoughts and opinions about what's going on there. Uh, some of the stuff you might like, some of you might. Uh, not so, but you know, it's a good conversation piece. So that's why you go check it. Comics blogs are all there too. Sports blogs. We got blog coming from Dre this week. I heard Dre driven allegedly has something coming. I don't know. We're going to wait and see about this, but also at the website, you check out the directory, which pad, how many providers are we on now? Uh, 15,802. Correct. So if we're not on your favorite podcast provider, we're still adding every day too. We get told, Hey, you're not on this pod. Well, we'll get on there. We'll fix that for you. Cause we try making this show accessible for everybody. 
That's what we do here. Also, check out the classified section, which has friends of the show, such as 8122 Productions, doing big things, getting ready for their four-year anniversary next month, Pad. Nice. You believe it already? Yeah, they're, I believe. They're turning four. We'll be five in June. Wow. How scary is that? It's very. Coming. It's coming. In fact, there's another stat that I'll throw out there very quickly. Episode 500 of the ODPH is due. Wow. Uh, in May as well, if I did wow. my math right. If I did, which we'll announce when it gets closer, but if I did my math right, 500 episodes are coming. Uh, but also while you're there, like I said, we got friends of the show. We got a lot of friends there, so you definitely want to check them out. You can find organizational links support in Black Lives Matter. That's always a great cause to support. You can also check out all the amazing pod groups we're in via the Pod Chaser pages. So shout out to the Inner Circle. Shout out to the Apocalypse, which just reloaded six new members, all doing big things. It's a beautiful thing to be a part of in that community. And of course, hashtag six or seven podcast doing big things as well. All of that, the T Public Store, and so much more only can be found at odphpodcast.com. That's all I got for this week. So for the one only Padawan J. Fuck the Astros. I'm your host, Ken M. Enjoy wrestling this weekend, folks. Don't be toxic. Be terrific. Thank you as always for listening to the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. We'll see you next time. Way back